You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine fingered host, Dan Johnson. And we are back with another kick ass podcast. Hopefully, everybody is having a good week so far. And more importantly, hopefully, everybody is having a good rut. If you're a whitetail hunter, uh, having a good season. If you are hunting some other game other than whitetail, I know uh, right now, let's see, peak breeding based off statistics is November 14th on average throughout the Midwest. Uh, obviously, in different parts of the country, the rut happens and breeding happens at different times of the year. However, now is a good time to be in the tree stand. Actually, every day is a good day to be in the tree stand, and uh, hopefully you guys are finding success. Now, speaking of success, we have a returning guest. Um, actually, one of my favorite guys to interview is Lucas Psycho from North Dakota, and I'll tell you why he's my favorite. You can just hear in his voice. You don't need to see his facial expressions or his hand gestures or anything like that. But you can hear in this guy's voice that he is passionate about hunting, passionate about the outdoors. And uh, what you will hear in this podcast is is that he is also passionate about his family. Uh, And that is what we talk about today. We talk about his uh, recent success uh earlier this november and for a rut hunt he did up in north dakota basically a run and gun rut hunt where he takes a boat across a river during a snowstorm and uh is able to uh, connect with a really good buck uh with one of his buddies then his the next day his buddy kills a deer then you know like a, a week later his mom kills a slob of a buck and uh what we talk about today so hopefully you guys enjoy this now uh, we got to do a little commercial here Uh, i'm going to keep this short and i hope the guys at ripcord are okay with me saying this that uh ripcord arrow rests are a badass company built by badass people in a badass country uh, america 
right? So um, not only are, are their aero rests proven to work, they work every time. They're made in America. They're made for badasses by badasses. So uh, the next time you guys uh, uh, get the opportunity, go check out Ripcord Aero Rest at ripcordarrowrest.com. Now, let's get into today's podcast with my good friend, Lucas Psycho. All right, ladies and gentlemen, returning guest for, I think, the third time, Mr. Lucas Psycho. How are you doing, man? Oh, can't, can't be better, man. I've been hunting my hunting my butt off lately since uh, November 10th. I've been off just hunting, hunting every day, morning and night, and it's been just one hell of a freaking hunting season so far. So, so uh, you ended up, uh, you started your little rut vacation on November 10th? Yep. Okay. So do you typically start it on November 10th, like uh, after the first week, or are do you go earlier than that ever? It worked out that way this year because I had the, uh, I think it was the, I remember right. The, the third, it was the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Was a I had a four day weekend of the November, in November. Yeah. So <clears throat> I timed it for my my work schedule is seven and two, eight and four. So I work seven on, two off, eight on, four off. Yeah. And uh, so I just timed it where I was going to work the least amount of days in November. <laughs> so, so, so I, I I timed it, and the, and November tenth was the the North Dakota rifle season opener, and as you know, my mom had a rifle tag, and so does my wife. She still has it, and uh, I wanted to be actually that was my main goal this year was to help them. Like that was really what I wanted to do is help them get it done. Okay. Because drawing a tag up here just it just doesn't come often anymore. A lot of people are waiting seven, eight, nine plus years. You know, a lot of people for a are, rifle tag. Yeah, yeah. For so, a resident, even. Yeah, yeah. It's it's well, our unit that we hunt is. I'm not sure what the numbers are, but I'm sure it's in the top one of the top counties. You know, and units up in up here in North Dakota that is applied for. I'm sure. So, so the quality of the deer is really good in that area. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Has some of the best river bottoms in North Dakota. So that's gotcha. That's probably probably why. And so you you started or well you had a four day weekend previous yep. to uh, starting your your quote unquote rutcation, but yep. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the early season. Because I think the last time we talked, uh, we we were discussing, you know, how you go about locating some of these deer, um, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to touch base just real real quickly on your early season and if uh, you got out out at all. I mean, did you did you run into any deer that uh, that you had seen? Um, when you were doing your scouting or trail cameras or, uh, you know, the deer that, uh, you put on your hit list? You know, all those pictures I sent you, I have yet to see any of them. It's, it's, it's I don't know what the heck has happened this year, but I thought this summer it was shaping up to be one of the best seasons that I was probably going to have around here. And it's turned out to be one of the, 
Uh, I wouldn't even say the worst seasons. It's just it's it, for big bucks. It's just been really tough to to locate them, and there's been just a lot of a lot of commotion in the river bottoms of just people like dove hunting and moose hunting and a lot more bow hunters it seems like this year and a lot of just a lot of traffic it doesn't really ever seem like the the it doesn't really seem like any of the places get a, much of a break and i don't know if that's what, what what some of it is but but dad and i we we've been shifting cameras around like crazy all, all through august september october and and now and we still haven't located gosh i know probably six seven bucks that that we we had you know we had seen earlier and where they are i have no idea i haven't heard of any of them getting shot so it's it's really bizarre really bizarre we've been, we've been everywhere right and you know a couple buddies hunting in the same areas and stuff and just i don't know i don't know if there's completely nocturnal but it still doesn't just explain why we're not getting any trail cam photos either so right it's crazy man what about the Up sign I mean, is the was the sign still there I have not seen a lot of sign other than just scrapes. I haven't found really many giant rubs this year. Yeah. You know, a few here and there, but I haven't really found any really big ones. But the scrapes the scrapes seem to be pretty normal, popping up here and there. And it appears that, you know, even, even tracks, you know, we've actually found some of the bigger tracks still. And, you know, and it's just how they've evaded all the cameras and, you know, everybody else hunting and, you know, all the eyes. Because, I mean, I've spent a lot of time sitting in an observation stand and seeing my dad just sitting in an open area on the ground where you can see several hundred yards, you know, both directions and just trying to locate them, you know, before you start really going in anywhere deeper or anything. But, but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. I I can't, I still can't quite figure it all out, but the the rut is, you know, still doing what the rut does. So lucky for me. (laughs) So do you think that a, so you think that uh, there's been some additional pressure, uh, I guess, outside of normal, uh, what you would consider normal year, you know, normal years worth of pressure on your properties or on the public land that you hunt this year? Yeah, yeah, I'd say there, I'd say there's been a little bit more pressure. Yeah, and then they, for for some reason, North Dakota opens up dove season the same day as bow season. Which it just makes zero sense to me because now you're putting you're putting these guys out there with shotguns while walking around the cornfields and all the CRP and all the grass ditches and whatever and field edges and all that stuff and then you got these guys up in the tree stands they don't have we don't have to wear orange you know and it's like this is asking for some trouble right here you know these guys because the opening night Dad and I went went after that double drop tine deer that I sent you pictures of and there was dove hunters everywhere it was just insane. And, you know, we, we kind of knew it was going to be sketchy, but, you know, with a deer like that, and we'd just gotten a picture of him a week, you know, that week leading up to opening day. So it was like, well, we got to go regardless. And so I, I, I just went to film him that night and right away, I'd, you know, we'd barely even got set up in the tree and there was just shotguns everywhere, just blowing up everything in the back. And it was just, it just, it's a bummer, man. And then uh, there's some moose hunters, which I didn't. I don't complain about the moose hunters at all. They're, they're they have fair game with everything in my book because that's a once in a lifetime tag. You know, I'm, I don't. I won't complain about a moose hunter ever. 
I don't care if they walk right through, you know, the place I'm hunting and they just walk right on through. I'll just be like, hey, go for it. Go shoot your freaking moose. I got a freaking, yeah. you know, bow tag. I can fill this for four months here. Yeah. So random, random question here. Mm-hmm. How many moose do you see in a year? In your more, area? almost more than deer anymore. Really? So there's <laughs> a lot of moose insane. up there. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. It's, it's wild, man. I, I can't wait to draw that tag, and it's you know it's a once in a lifetime tag. But I know once I do, I'll shoot a fifty inch bull. I guarantee it. You know, I say it all day. I will, because I run into them every year. You know, handfuls of times. Just just bow hunting. That's not even looking for them. You know, that's not even hunting them. Just bow hunting. They just come walking right underneath your tree. You know, or just walk right past you while you're on the ground and freak you out a little bit. Suckers are huge. <laughs> So is, I, I and I don't know anything about moose. Is a fifty-inch bull big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, around here, that's a that's a that's a really big bull here. Okay. And and we've seen one. I'm sure my buddy filmed uh, uh, one of the bulls in one in one of these fields one night when he come out of this well, one morning when he come out of the tree stand. And I think that was a world that was probably not a world record, but a state record for sure. And I don't know what the state yeah. record is, but that's the biggest moose I've seen, and I spent a lot of time looking at these damn things. Yeah. And he was he was absolutely gnarly. But awesome. uh, and every cow has has calves, and but it's just twin calves. Almost every cow has twins. So I'm and it so I'm sure that's why the numbers are just going up so quickly. Right. And they did right. increase they increased tags this year. So there was there were some people that had some tags, and there's some good bulls taken. Cool. So back to, back to whitetails now, dove hunting, do, does that opening of the dove season just bring a ton of people into the, you know, onto the hunting ground and then do the deer just shut off because of that, that just like instant pressure? Yeah, that's, that's like, it's almost like, Hey, hunting season's back for them deer. Like, you know, they, it's almost a trigger for them. You know, and and it's a, I don't know. I, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna write a letter to the to the state and the game of fish and all that, and and ask for a, a one week. You know, give us one week or even first weekend something. Give us yeah. give us a weekend before you guys open up the dove season. Like I think the dove hunters can wait two days. You know, I mean just just so a guy can if he's on a big deer, he won't have that first day just ruined just because. You know, there's some people that are wanting to go dove hunting, and I understand that's a lot of fun. People do that a lot, and it's not my thing. But <clears throat> I think that I think that most guys can wait two days for that. <laughs> and you know, right. and I think just I don't know. It seems like uh, it's just kind of a weird thing that they would start that all the same day. It just makes doesn't make any sense to me. But right. so I'm gonna have to try to figure out if we can get that changed. So did you have any? early season or I won't even say early season. Did you have any good encounters in October with any mature bucks? Yeah. That really last light though. I didn't even get, I don't even know if I filmed a public land deer over five and a half in, in, in daylight up until gosh. Yeah. Up until November, probably. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, and I can't think of I can't think of I I had some on private land. I was, you know, just right next to my house. It's so convenient that you know I'll go, I'll go down in there sometimes and and, uh, and and sit and see what happens and and see if there's any giants running around in some of this little this little private section right next to my house. But 
and there's a really good deer down there. He's not he's not really really big in the rack size, but he's an old deer. He's a big body deer, and <clears throat> he's just gnarly. He's got some good mass. He's a five five by four, and I had him several times. I had him several times at 50 yards, 60 yards, and I've got more footage of him just walking around, stuffing his face full of sugar beets than I could care to even, <laughs> you know, admit. I, I almost I told my wife, like, uh, I just, I'm almost sick of looking at him. <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah. God, dude, he's just, and he hangs out there just so far, you know, like, and, and, and on private ground there, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fling any arrows, you know, and, and just, at, at something that's just sketchy because, I mean, I know I can get back on that deer and get a better shot and take my time. And I'd much rather kill a public land deer and when it all comes down to it. But, you know, with, you know how it is with the family and the full-time yeah. job. Sometimes you only have enough time, so you got to do what you got to do, you know. So Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> now, real qu- so October was kind of a bust. Now, leading up into the rut, let's say pre-rut, let's start – Let's start talking about uh, like November first. You mentioned you had a four day weekend uh, in there before you started your rut vacation. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about what you saw because eventually we're going to lead up into to you doing a run and gun on a completely different piece of property, right? And, but mm-hmm. that's this is kind of foreshadowing. So, what yep, did you yep. see on this this four day long weekend that you ended up having? Well, that was an awesome weekend. I had a buddy up from Minnesota for the second year in a row, and uh, <clears throat> he come up and bow hunted with me. And I, I've actually spent a lot of time this year just running around with my buddies. That I had a few come up from Wisconsin for uh, for Montana season, and we come up and we all shot deer in Montana and filmed all those with our with rifle. And uh, they also oh, one of them actually came up for opening opener of bow season. So and he he got a shot at a deer. Um, just barely missed him underneath, just nicked him a little bit, and deer's fine. He was, he was running around a week later, no problem. But anyways, my buddy came up, and uh, we got out, and it was it was just right off the bat, it was, it was good hunting. I mean, we went out and sat, and he almost got a shot at something. Actually, a deer that looked really, really similar to the deer he shot last year, and so... I actually we nicknamed that deer. It was it was like the twin of his buck, so that's what we kind of called that deer for the whole weekend. Yeah, and uh, so we went out and uh, was it the second night, second morning? Yeah, it was like the second day. Second day we the, we were we were out. We took the river, and because that was uh, that was the weekend I killed mine, and uh, we. We went back to an area that in September, a buddy and I, we crossed a, a back channel with a canoe, and it was the only way to get back there. And it's just a big pinch point. The water pinches down up against the river, and it's just a little peninsula that comes off of a, a big island and, and then comes up into a big sugar beet field on the other side. And it just pinches way down, so it's just a good spot to get in there because that's really the only place the deer have to travel. So we got in there, and we didn't have any luck in that that area that 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 night but i just knew that if a guy could get in there off the river towards the november i knew there was enough sign in there and tracks and and deer sign that there's going to be some deer in there and and there's where there's those and where there's a good number of deer there's always going to be a good buck so 
we uh we jumped in the boat and my buddy my buddy Matthew he thought we were nuts because we woke up that morning and it was snowing and he's like dude we're really gonna hit the river and I was like yeah yeah the river's not frozen <laughs> he's like it's snowing dude <laughs> and I was like yeah yeah I've done it before it's no big deal you know we go and dump it in and he was literally just like shaking his head we're dumping this this boat in the river and I have to had to yank on the on that motor because in the in the cold this these motors they just don't like to start you know it was probably right. only about 15 degrees so I yank on that thing for about 20 minutes and I'm like don't worry dude it, get, it just gets better and better as you go it just warms up a little bit and it'll run for a little bit and die anyways he's like dude let's just call it you know he's, we don't need to go on the river and I was like nope I'm gonna get this thing started we're gonna go out and kill one dude and so we get her started and head up the river and it's just just snowing I mean it's epic I mean it's just epic freaking setting in my in my book I love yeah. it you know I'm, I'm all about that that crazy stuff like that is just you know the stuff that you just don't ever get to do you know the things that just only come around once every so often and we're cruising up the river and we we get to where we're going to be and jump off the boat and I was like all right we're going to go in here we made a game plan I set him in one area the pinch point and I went up a little further and then I said dude if anything comes through here we'll see it or one of us will get a shot and so I set him up on the ground and then I went walked up probably about 150 yards 200 yards north of him and uh I hung my tree stand and and uh it was a slow morning I had a little spike come right underneath my tree he actually watched me set up my tree in the dark <laughs> it was only about 60 yards away I could see him just laying over there his eyes and I wasn't sure what it was but when I got set up and as soon as it got light he actually walked over and sniffed around and was checking out what was going on I don't know it those deer are so trusting in the dark it's 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 really yeah. it's really cool you know they it's uh it's it's funny how they know you know that they're they're fine and nothing's gonna happen to them and uh he comes walking through and it's just a gorgeous morning this light snow falling and just a light breeze and it's getting later in the morning and I'm thinking well I think I'm just going to throw some grunts. I actually forgot my my rattle horns, like a, like a retard. I was I was kicking myself for that because I was really itching to start rattling in November, you know. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I just hit the grunt tube. Hit a, hit the grunt tube a few times, and pretty quick I heard some you know twigs breaking and stuff. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we go, something's coming. And he pops out, and it's just this little this 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 first buck is probably about a hundred inch four four by four. And he comes right in, and, and I'm only 10 feet off the ground because if I would have gotten any higher, I'd been skylined yeah. with the tree line behind me, so I stayed low. And uh, that buck comes in, and he's just messing around, and, and I could tell he was acting a little bit timid and weird. And he kept looking over his shoulder. Uh, so I knew, there was, I knew there was a bigger deer back there. I just, you know, he just acted like there was. And pretty quick, I, I seen a, some movement back behind him, about 100 yards behind where he came from. And I just knew that I had to be the big deer because he was coming in from a different angle. He was coming in through, through more thick stuff instead of the, the easy trail that the little buck came in on. And he came right through the thick stuff. The little buck stood right underneath my tree stand. <laughs> and I, I reached up to, take, to kick my GoPro on. It's pretty cool, the GoPro footage, because it, it goes from me clicking it on, my hands up by the, by the camera, and the, the buck is right below me. You can see that buck looking at the at the bigger deer that's approaching. And I got to move in just ultra slow motion. You can just see I'm like trying not to even breathe or anything. It's kind of hilarious. And 
I just move in slow motion, and I finally get set up, and that, that buck comes around, and he steps out, and he, he gives me an 18-yard chip shot. And, I mean, I seen him, and I knew right away I was going to shoot him. I'm like, this deer is going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot this deer. <laughs> and so uh, he gave me an 18-yard chip shot, and I'm like, I'm money all day right there. And so I just drew back and let him have it, and he died. I, I got to film the whole thing, too, of him dying. And, I mean, if there's anything that's going to humble a guy and, you know, and give, you know, make you have this, this this respect for for these animals is just like their will to survive is just yeah because I I shot him and and I got to watch everything unfold man and it was uh it's just crazy you know a lot of people don't get to see that stuff you know you just a lot a lot of times you shoot them and you know and the next thing you see is just them laying their dead at the end of the blood trail you know you don't see the struggle they go through you don't see the you know how how much they fight to keep moving you know because yeah. you can tell when a deer is going to go down is because they get really nervous and their tail flicks a hundred miles an hour. You know, you yeah. can just tell they get really jittery and they just start to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll go down and they'll just jump right back up. They're like, Nope, if I go down, I'm done, you know? Yeah. And so they just try to keep moving, try to keep moving. And I got to watch that and I filmed it all. And man, it just, it just does crazy? something to, does something to a guy, you know? Yeah. Okay. So this year on my buck, I shot him originally, I thought I hit him in the guts, but after, uh, after watching him die, I hit him in the liver and, uh, you know, after, and when I was gutting him too, hit him in the liver and he Mm -hmm. basically bled to death, but you're right. When you sit there and I watched him fade away Mm -hmm. through my binoculars, it almost gives you more respect for that animal. Uh, and it it makes Mm -hmm. you realize that you are the reason that this animal is dying yeah yeah you get to feel it you know yeah i mean it's almost i'm not afraid to say it i was half emotional about it it was just like yeah you know it just gives you that feeling it's not like a a feeling of regret or anything like that it's just a it's it's like it's almost like a i don't know it's it's weird i don't know if you want to compare it to a pet love where you're like no or like or some prize horse or something like that or i don't know where you're just like you know you know what's right and what you know or whatever or maybe you've been raised <laughs> maybe it's similar to uh uh you know some 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 beef some cattle or something that you get to know and you're you're around them all the time and then come time to slaughter but you know it's like oh it's time for slaughter but you still might have some remorse about it or something a little bit you know but yeah you know it's just i don't know i, I agree it's just it just get, it, you just gain the respect and i think what it does is it goes it, you're you're like you know even though I put that good of a shot on him, there was still that much of a struggle. And then you try to think about, okay, what if I don't put that good a shot on him? How how much of a struggle is it for him then? And how long does it last? You know, and it just makes you really really contemplate and you know, or you know, and, and actually just think about everything you do. And you draw that bow back, you got some you got some responsibility there, and and you better just you, you know do your best to make it count and. You know, shoot your bow, know your bow, know your ranges, know you're comfortable, you know, where you're at. There's a lot of guys, you know, they just want to shoot, you know, and yeah. it's like, no. And I've told some of my close friends, like, dude, you got to get back to just shooting 20 hard shots. You know, you're, you're having, you're, you're wounding deer, like, you know, you keep asking why, and you thought you hit him this and that, and it's like, just get back to shooting close range shots, get some confidence back, and, you know, and, and just, take the deer down, <laughs> you know, like we're going to shoot it. Let's let's, I know what happens cause it's going to happen and it happens to me. It's 
happen to everybody. You know, you're going to wound a deer regardless in bow hunting, you know. But I think there's a lot of ways you can you can try to stay away from it, you know. And it's just being mindful of what you're capable of as your, as a bow hunter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, and that kind of brings me into this next question. You got in a boat. You went down the river or up the river or whatever. You took water to... Uh, basically a, a river bank and then hop the river bank in and mm-hmm. went into, uh, went into this little area and you did a run and gun and it was a morning hunt, right? Yeah. 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 We were did set you... up well before light. Okay. So did you know this area from previously scouting it, uh, where you were going as far as like a little area that you knew had a good tree to set up? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I really don't have a spot <laughs> anymore. Yeah, that I hunt that I don't know every damn little inch and cranny, <laughs> nook and cranny of the of the woods, you know. So right. I, and then you know that's what, that's what you know a lot of my buddies when they come up to hunt they just, you know they that's what kind of boggles their mind the most is how I can navigate through the woods and I know where this is at and how this is gonna you know where this is gonna be and we're in, you know it's middle of the, you know and we're walking through in the dark and I go, Oh, here we go. We got to go this way. And you know, it's like, there's not even a trail tack. Are you sure? Like, I don't need them, dude. <laughs> that tree up there. See that big Y tree. That's a marker I've been using forever, <laughs> yeah. you know, and right. so stuff like that, you know? And so, yeah, I, I knew previously and I've, and that's not the first time I have done that area and that's it. I've, I've done that, that, that little strip right there in the morning. I don't know, probably 20, 30 times, probably in the past, 10, okay. 12 years probably. So, so you knew, you knew in a way, you, you knew where you were going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yep. when, you know, on some of these, uh, hunts where you're packing your stand in and I'll just give an example from how, like for me this year I got lucky and I, mm-hmm. I set my tree stand up and I had a shooting window that went to almost 40 yards. I'd say about 40 yards in the timber. I got lucky. Just like a natural, a oh, natural yeah. shooting lane was there. Mm-hmm. When you go into these running gun sets, are you looking to give yourself like a natural window or are you cutting lanes or is it just, Hey, I'm going to put my tree stand up and I, I, I just got to make the shot count somewhere. I'll figure it out when I'm up there. Yeah, most of the time I'll set up in trees when it's when it's a complete run and gun setup where I'm going into a complete new area. Most of the time I'm going to set up in a maybe a tree that isn't as great for cover, but it's going to give me the the, sh- the shooting range where I don't have to make a, a, a an extreme amount of, of noise, making you know, cutting tr- cutting lanes and breaking branches and you know, making a whole bunch of noise, but I usually got a pretty damn good idea. Uh, like you said, there's all these little natural lanes you can you can shoot, and and uh, you know, and through the years, through the years, I've I've been through most of these places so many times, and maybe it might be in the spring. I'll, I'll just you know, a lot of times I, I shed hunt or I you know I scout and stuff in the spring with 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 a with a pole saw in my bag. So when I'm going through and I find a spot and I maybe I need you know I need to fix a spot up. It's been kind of broken down and some trees fell and it's all my lanes you know that I've been you know trying to shoot you know in the past years. Well, everything's kind of I'll just knock some stuff down while I'm there and hope it's going to be you know shootable when I go and hunt there you know. But 
I I do so much just really random run and gun where I just go, I look at my map, Onyx Maps, and on my phone, and I pick out my area where I think I, I think the deer are going to be moving through, and I'll go in there and I'll find a tree where I don't have to do a lot of trimming, and I'll hang my set there, and a lot of times it might be that observation stand, so you know it's going to be kind of an open area probably where, I'm, where I can see pretty good, if it's possible, right. and then you know, based off of what I see that night or that morning, you know, I can, I can make some adjustments, you know, from there, maybe there's a better tree that's 30 yards away, 10 yards away, 50 yards away, something like that. And then I can get it ready for the next time I'll come in. And that might not be for weeks or a month or two months later, you know, but I'll know that it's ready for later. I can cycle back through it. Cause I, I, like I said, I, I got so many opportunities with all the public, public land around here that with using the river and everything, I have, I have five to ten options per per wind, you know, any wind. I can just go, all right, got all these different spots, and I'll be like, well, I haven't been back that area for this long. I'm going to go back that way. You know, if there hasn't been anybody in that spot, then it's for sure gotten a good rest, and I'll go back yeah. and try it, you know. Right. So in, in regards to this buck that you shot this year, um, what do you think his routine was on a daily basis before you you ran into him? I mean, was he bedded on this peninsula and working his way to this sugar beet field that you mentioned? I think because uh, there's 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 some thick willows that 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 break up that the main timber that I was in. There's a there's a bunch of thick willows and tall probably like cattails and grass and stuff like that, and that's a big section of. Uh, thick bedding area and then it goes into another big block of actually big timber and so i think that's where most of them are bedding especially that time of the, this time of the year they're 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 not you know they're not too far off but i mean it's far enough for where if anybody's out by the fields messing around farmers or anybody shooting guns or whatever they're they're far enough back that they know that they're safe and there's nothing to be bothering them back there and i just i just knew from 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 the past i mean most of these spots, you know, things don't really, you know, the woods might change a little bit here and there, you know, based off of water levels or something like that. And, but the deer really don't change like the movement, the general movement of them. They might veer off like here and there sometimes, just depending on, like I said, some water levels change and, you know, stuff like that. But, but, uh, generally the same kind of direct path of travel in a lot of the areas I kind of know, all right, they're going to be coming through this area. I just got to figure out where the big guy wants to be coming through. And right. so, so when you, of, go, when go you ahead. went in, when you went in to this, uh, state, you know, to this area, it was a morning hunt, a run and gun. So you set your tree stand up right there. Was this, uh, was this going to be an all day hunt? I mean, were you going to sit all day? No, no, we were going to sit. In that area, most everything is 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 well well gone by ten eleven o'clock in the morning. So we would we would have been packing up. I think I rattled or I think I grunted about nine thirty. I think something like that. It was getting towards the latter part of the hunt. I hadn't been seeing anything and much, and it, it actually got kind of windier. And you know, as the morning got going, and and so I was thinking, well, I wonder if ever anything didn't just bed up right now because it was kind of getting to be a nasty morning. After it was getting later there, the wind was starting to pick up. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to throw some grunts out there towards the bedding area because I'll, you know, I'll point that grunt tube 
towards where I want it to reach, you know, and then, you know, maybe to this other area too, just to try to get it out there a little bit. And I, I think they came into that because, I mean, it just all happened perfectly like that. I think they came in. I mean, that first buck, he comes in really looking, and it seemed like he was really looking for another deer. So I like to think that it brought him in, but you know, either way, I'm happy with it no matter what. But Yeah. So this buck that you ended up shooting, the picture that I, I've i seen, and I don't know if I've how many or which one I've seen, the one that you sent me via a text message. Mm-hmm. Um his body looks huge. It, it was a good size it, body, yeah. Yeah. How old is this buck, you think? Probably four and a half. Okay, four year old. Yeah. Yep. Um his head, like his body is so big it makes his head look small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a he had a hell of a body on him. And I mean that's kinda what I looked at right away and and when I shot him I actually was half thinking he might have been a mature, like five and a half year old when I shot him though. And but I mean, just like that. I mean, things come in. And you got the camera rolling. Hey, I'm not. I'm not afraid to say that I shot a deer that maybe I normally wouldn't shoot. You know, but I'm still happy with him. Still a freaking good oh, yeah. time. And you know, my buddy was there, and he had a, you know it made his his trip that much more fun. You know, he got to see how it all works with going up the river, and we hauled a deer out, and he thought it was cool as hell with the river. You know, with the boat and everything, and so. I was perfectly tickled with that, man. I, was, I just love it. Anytime I can get a good, clean kill like that, I'm I'm freaking stoked, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. So, and it was just one of those mornings to get you all fired up. I mean, it was snowing, you know, and first really good, first snow on the ground, they're coming in, and it's white on the ground finally, and everything, you know, just looks so awesome. So the question is that, you, t- you know, you have to take a boat to this to this hunting area now talk walk me through the retrieval of this and how you bring it back on the boat and get it back to where uh where your truck's parked oh very very simple actually um toughest part was was uh was getting it through the the thick nasty stuff that was right along the river to get it to the boat (laughs) when we walked in there, there always used to be a trail that kind of all the bow hunters, you know, there's, you know, guys. I'm not the only guy that comes from the river, and so there's always been this trail that we've kept up. And for some reason, I, I just, I walked in and I, I just, I was not seeing where this dang trail was. And there, there used to be a log that was that was beached up there, up on the bank there, a big, big giant old log, and that was kind of the marker where I knew it was always like ten yards to the to the to the east of that log and then you walk right in well this log is gone and i'm like where the hell did this freaking giant log go <laughs> so i and it's it's not there anymore i don't know what the hell happened to it but so my marker was gone you know i was like all right well shit so we had to plow through this this timber and this brush i mean we literally were three feet off the ground walking on this thick nasty crap and we got over the top of it all and <laughs> my buddy was like holy hell that was <laughs> That was some freaking shit right there, dude. <laughs> and I was like, I know. I was that's why I was looking for that trail. It was, it was nasty. And so we had the, the toughest part was just plowing a a good path to to uh, drag that deer deer through. And because uh, actually, um, I couldn't find the trail from the other side. Because I was like, well, I don't know where the hell this freaking trail is. Because I hadn't actually been back to that spot in the morning like that in probably three years I, I just one of those spots it was like hey i'm gonna go back to that spot it used to be good 
you know, so we went back there on the, on the river. So we got that new trail plowed through there now, so I mean, hopefully we'll be able to find that next time. But, yeah, we just drag them down and throw them on the boat. We took some pretty cool pictures on the bank there. My buddy has GoPro out, and, he had, and then he had another camera out. We were taking some panoramic photos and stuff with the, the river. Something about an open river with the snow, I don't know, with the badlands and stuff on the side and the big big timber and stuff in the river bottom. That's just a setting that, I don't know, I just can't get enough of it. But yeah. uh, So we took some pretty cool photos and got them, threw them in the boat, fired it up, and we cruised on down river, and, and he just stays in the boat. He just load the boat on the trailer, hook it up, drive off. It's about as easy as it gets, really. <laughs> I tell you what, that's uh... – I don't know if it was you who showed me a picture, but I've seen other people have those pictures as well of either a guy in a canoe or a guy in a, you know, in a boat. Uh, does your boat have a steering wheel or is it controlled by the handle on the throttle on the, yeah, on the motor? Itself? Yeah. Mine, mine's a tiller handle on the back. Yeah. yeah. Right. So those pictures where the guy's kind of sideways and then out in the front of the boat is just like a rack. Yeah, hanging off yeah. the boat. That those are some of the coolest pictures I think mm-hmm. I've ever seen. I know, and <laughs> and we had, we actually took a, a, a photo. Because um, I looked I looked ridiculous when when we come out of there. Because I took off my hunting clothes and I just had my Under Armour, uh, just this black Under Armour underwear on, you know. And then I had, and I had this this old my my grandpa's my grandpa's my my late grandpa's old ski coat. It was this blue and red and white freaking ski coat, and it, it was one of them really old 70s or 80s style. It fits really snug, and it's really yeah. puffy. And I, I wear that up going up and down the river because it's warm as hell, and it cuts all the wind out. Like, no wind gets in, so I just wear the damn thing, and I just love it. But I looked absolutely ridiculous because I had these big giant boots on, and I'm in my freaking underwear, and I got this coat on and this stupid beanie on and everything, and... My buddy's just like, dude, you got to stop right there. I got to take a picture of you. He's <laughs> so I was getting loading up the boat, and so I just held up the number one, <laughs> number one. It was freaking stupid, but it was, we laughed so freaking hard over that. This was the dumbest picture I've ever seen. <laughs> but I mean, it, it sounds like uh, you know, it sounds like you uh, you had some awesome success on your end. Now. Just for just for a reference, did did you get a a chance to score that buck or r- give a rough estimate just so people get an idea of how big he was in the antler department? Oh, uh, the deer I shot. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, he was probably one one twenty five, one thirty. Okay, As yeah. a, he was a ten, right? Yep, yep. Barely, gotcha. yeah, he was yeah he was a ten, but I mean he was really short G fours. Gotcha. Yeah. Really freaking okay. Really good buck though. I was pretty, I'm really happy with that sucker. And what day was that? That was November third, right? Yeah, third or fourth. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I remember because I was driving down the road, and mm-hmm. did you ever did you ever get my message? You yeah, I, I couldn't understand what the hell it was. <laughs> I was like, what did he just say? <laughs> I, I yelled in. I think I just yelled in the phone, it's the rut, baby, or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew it was something. I, I was like, God dang it, I don't, I don't really know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you, you sent me a text message, and you're like, I'm kind of busy at the moment, and you send me, the, you know, you're with the, you send me the picture of the buck. So, yeah, that was, that was on Friday yeah. after I got off work and was heading down to start my rut vacation. Oh, now, yeah. You know, so you got you had success. Then you had to go back to work for what, like five days? 
10 well, days not only did I have success that weekend, my buddy, my Betty Matthew had, 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 I took him out the day after I shot mine. Yeah. So we went out and the day after it was the evening, we went out to a, to a public land area and we jumped this big, big deer. We jumped this big deer on our way in and way into this spot and he made a, he made a loop and he went into this strip of timber and I, I was like, and our other buddy, we just split off. My my buddy Aaron, he came with us. So we were just kind of doing a, like a like a like we're just teaming up on a spot. You know, we're gonna split up and hopefully we'll, we'll get some eyes on something or you know get a shot at something. And he had he had broke off and he was going down down that the the edge of the strip of timber that that buck ran into. I mean, we're literally five minutes away from Aaron. And I so I call him. I'm like, dude, there's a giant coming your way. Get your bow out. <laughs> so he gets his bow out and we wait like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then, uh, I, he calls back and he's like, there's no freaking deer coming out over here, dude. And I was like, he didn't come out on that open other end. And he's like, no, I was like, well, he's in there. He's got to be in there. Cause we can see the other side. So we circled back around and we, we made a game plan and we're like, all right, it's the rut. And this deer, he, he, he just didn't have much of an option, and he went and just bedded down in this thick stuff, in this little strip of timber, and so, or he's in there somewhere, you know, whatever. And so we just made a circle, and uh, we set up on that deer, and we were hoping to get a, get a look at him. And I, I'm, we're sitting there, and I'm thinking, well, it's getting later, and I actually didn't think we were going to see anything, because we were kind of set up in a spot that I wasn't, you know, generally going to go sit because it was just way too far out from the main main block of timber that it was probably going to be dark before we seen the majority of the deer. And so, but with that big buck running in there, it was like, oh, let's go for it. You know, let's just see what happens. And this probably 20 minutes before dark, 30, 25 minutes before dark, this this buck just appeared. Like I don't even know where he came from, but it wasn't the one we were after. But I didn't know that until he got within 10 yards of us because I, I got the video camera up. I was literally just standing in a, in a big sagebrush bush, and my buddy was laying in a, in a hole, like this hole right in front of me, this dip, because this is the only way we could sit in this little area. And, and I was like, well, I'll stand up, and I'll have the camera, and I will, I'll hide in this bush. But but I can do that because I I don't even have to move. I can just hold the camera there. I don't have to do anything and I don't have to draw a bow. I don't do anything. So I can stand up in here and get away with it. And my outline's broken up and everything. And I'll just tell you what's going on because we were kind of on a little ridge. And so he just lays there. He was freaking down there. Take, I think he almost took a nap for like the first hour, you know, just laying there staring at the sky. And it was, just, it was kind of silly, you know. It was, it was hilarious. And I was like, I'll just keep watch, you know, and you just chill out down there. And, and finally he sees my eyes get really big, and I'm like, the buck is coming right towards us, dude. And he, he jumps he jumps up, and he grabs his bow, and he's looking. He's like, how far, how far? And I'm like, 30 yards. He thought I said 130. So he's thinking he's got all this time in the world, and I'm like, dude, get ready. That sucker's coming right to us. And he rises up over this ridge, and my buddy finally seen the tip of his rack, and so he goes, holy shit, he's right here. You know, you can see him. But I got some of the best footage of this, my buddy and the deer in the same frame as that deer raise, comes up over the ridge and turns broadside, and my buddy just smoked him at 10 yards. It was just incredible. Just off of his knees, hiding behind this, this little knoll, and it was just this 
gorgeous four by four whitetail buck and and he runs off and he piles up at 70 yards and my buddy just went nuts it was just one of those one of those hunts you're just like that was the most fun ever holy shit (laughs) but yeah so that that happened then the following day uh we took him out to show to show him how me and my old man do do uh, run and gun rattling on the run we just go and we just hit all these bedding areas and we'll rattle all day long and we'll just call in buck after buck after buck usually you know on a good day and we get we just get out to the timber and usually i just follow my dad around let him just do his thing and i set up and call for him you know and call him like elk and try to bring him past him he gets up about 50 60 yards up and then off to one side or the other depending on the wind direction and I'll try to call him right past them, you know, and, and then they'll come in looking for me where, where I'm at because I don't know if you I'm sure you've seen it, Dan, when you rattle, them deer come to that spot. They know exactly, I don't know, that's just impressive as hell. It gets me every year. I just go, gosh, how do they know it was just right there? They get it to within feet, you know, it's insane. So they come in looking for me while all the attention's off of the bow hunter. They just they can just do whatever they want and draw and shoot, you know. And and uh, so we get through and we do a, we, we're we're just starting to go in and I'm kind of just hesitating and letting you know my dad take the lead there and he goes, "Man, you're on a roll. He's <laughs> like you're taking people out this this kill deer this year." He's like, "I ain't doing nothing. I'm doing whatever you tell me to do." <laughs> So I said, all right, here we go. And we went and we, we did one calling sequence and then we did a second one. And then our third one, I told him, I was like, he's coming from over there. And sure shit, I rattled and I, I do this, this badass sequence. I start out with a doe bleat and I do about three to five bleats, good bleats, good, uh, you know, louder bleats. If it's in the area that I know that they're going to be at a distance a little bit. And I'll give it about two, two, three minutes, and then I'll bring in some some buck grunts, and to act like a, a buck finally arrived to the scene, and he now he's bumping it around, and then pretty quick I'll bring in a different grunt tube, and a different sounding one, you know, and a, probably a different age class. <laughs> Whether or not those are accurate, I have no idea. You know, we're just kind of taking the calls <laughs> that they label them their their word for it, right? And so I just hit, bring it in and bring in another buck. And then I'll, I'm just painting a picture, you know, that, and I think you got to do that on these public grounds because so many people just throw the horns together from up in the tree. And I think deer have figured that out, you know, around here. Cause I don't know many people that have rattled in a lot of bucks from the, from the tree. I know I haven't, I, I have to be on the ground making brush noise and painting this whole picture. So I start a fight with these two bucks, you know, these fake deer, and uh it first rattle sequence it was about five to five to eight minutes nothing shows up and about uh i started another fight and i just brought brought it in again really quick it was a quicker quicker fight kind of like something that maybe another buck came in and he ran him off right away and not even right after that i see my dad drawing his bow and I'm, i'm like holy shit i couldn't see this deer yet and but right right as he drew i grabbed the camera and i'm looking and, and this deer comes in in the frame and he comes and stands at 20 yards <laughs> and he ran right past my dad and my buddy matthew at 25 yards and when he macked at him he uh he stopped it behind some brush and then he then he continued on right to me and then he's staring me in 20 yards eye to eye on the ground and 
I just start snort wheezing at him and making noise and, you know, messing with him. And uh, he stands there even longer because I'm messing with him, and I'm thinking, guy, he's going to get a shot. He's got to get a shot. It's only 40-yard shot from, from where he's at. Well, he doesn't get a shot. But I got footage of him and everything. And uh, my, or my buddy did anyways. My buddy had the camera with my dad. I had the GoPro running where I am. And uh, so he gets away. Um, this, I just fall over like, Jesus, that just happened. It's this giant buck. Guess what buck that? Guess what buck that was? That was the buck my mom shot last night. No shit. Yep. Yeah. And so ever since that rattle sequence that weekend, and I called that deer in, it's haunted me. I stared him. I stared him in the eyes, dude. At twenty yards, he was he was on fire. You know, he was he was ready to roll. You know, he was gonna fight something. And I was just like, oh my god, I gotta kill that deer. You know, we gotta kill this thing. And so I, I told my dad, I said, we got to get back in here and kill this thing. I said, we got to get mom or Jen, you know, my wife, Jen or something. We got to, you know, that thing is a stud, you know? So that was on like one of our main hit list bucks for, for my mom and Jen, the rifle. And last night was the first night we got back down in the area. We weren't real close to where we rattled them in. We were about a quarter mile probably to the north of where we were when we rattled them in. And, yeah. uh, and me and my, me and my mom, we went hunting last night, and and uh, we rattled three t- two times before we got to where we actually set up. And it was warm; it was like fifty five degrees. I was sweating, and I was complaining. <laughs> I was like, "It's just too warm. I don't like it." And it was just like a few days before that, it was too cold. I was like, "I don't like it." <laughs> and so I was like, "So I make fun of myself, you know, in the intro to that whole thing." It's like it can't please me. Just, just be, just be semi cold. Just semi cold. A little bit of frost. No wind. Just a semi. You know. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting there, and we, me and my mom. I don't know. I don't know what the heck. You know, how we continue to do what we do together. But we, uh, we, we were sitting there, and the sun's just beating down on us. We, all I did was trim out a, a little Russian olive tree, and we sat right in it, basically, and. I was like, well, we're in this area, Mom, and we're looking for the turkey, turkey foot G2. I called him the turkey foot G2 because his G2 literally looks like a turkey foot. He's got three, three prongs, and it looks just like a turkey foot. And I could see that in the footage when we rattled him in, so that's what I named him. And we're looking for him. I was like, that's the one, but I know there's more big bucks out here, you know. And so I asked her, where is he going to show up? I said, I always tell anybody I'm hunting with, I'm always like, well, where's the big guy going to show up at? It kind of just fascinates me to just be able to, I don't know, for myself, I always sit there in the tree and I'm, I'm always envisioning where they're going to pop out and where, you know, it looks like it's going to be a, you know, a deery spot, you know? And right. I'm like, ah, right there, right there. That just seems like the spot I keep checking all the time, you know, and one of those things, keep looking at it. And she goes right over there. And I was like, okay, sounds good to me. And no shit, that freaking deer. I, I just brought my binos up because that sun was beating on us so crazy. I couldn't even see anything with my binos. And so I didn't even bring my binos up until the sun got below the trees. And I finally brought them up. And the first thing I see is that deer walking straight at us from 120 yards. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> how far, how far were you and your mom set up from where you and your dad had that initial encounter with that buck? About a quarter mile. Okay, quarter mile. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah. C- not, not 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 super far, but I mean it was the same block of timber basically. It's just a big, big, big block of public land. And so I see him. I, I literally just brought my binos up and I'm like, Holy <laughs> I couldn't even believe what I was looking at. And I just I just threw my binos down, grabbed the camera and I'm like, He's coming straight to us from right where you said he was coming from, Mom <laughs> She was like, Really? <laughs> she gets his gun up and I was like, Yes, right there, right there, you know, and and from there, it was this. It was this crazy that intensity of that hunt was just because he comes walking straight in. She shoots him at freaking fifty yards with, with her two forty three, and just just leveled him right there in his tracks. It was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. I couldn't even believe it happened, man. This is the only freaking deer we've seen that day. The I, only I one. love another another text uh, text message encounter uh, <laughs> with you. With you, I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. Hang on, let's see, let's see, um, let's see. Uh, are we good for tonight? Um, I'm taking my mom rifle hunting this afternoon, and I will text you when I'm back. Could be a little earlier too. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I go. We still on? And he goes, uh, gonna run a tad late, my man. And then he sent me this picture of your mom holding this giant, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> Suckers got her done again. <laughs> I know, dude. So I'm like, let's push it. I'm like, let's just push it to tomorrow. So, <laughs> I know, so here, I know. here we are. But, dude, that's awesome. Now, is your mom just like a stone cold killer? Yeah, I mean, did... yeah, definitely, man. I, I have, I just, she is. That's four deer. She's got one muzzleloader and three rifle bucks with me now. And she's done it all. Like, I have not grabbed the gun once to, like, help her move it to this or that, the sticks, nothing. I literally just sit there, say, there's the deer, kill it. And she freaking just, time and time again, she's just good, man. And just clutch, you know. I mean, she gets just as excited as I do, believe it or not. I mean, the freaking, the aftermath of that shot is ridiculous. It is so funny, man. I mean, the, the how we reacted together was just priceless. And yeah. it's just, that's the stuff that's just like, that's why I carry the camera, man. Like, yeah. that's exactly why. Because, you know, long from now, I hopefully still have that freaking video, that video available, and and I'll be able to show, you know, my grandkids or you know, even my my kids when they actually understand what the heck's going on, you know. And I mean, they were they were laughing at it last night, but. You know, they were just, they were just like, holy cow, I don't think I've seen grandma act like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty fired up. Even, even, even through a, a couple of cuss words out there, she got so excited. I was like, oh, settle down there, mom. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, God. Well, I tell great. you, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody's like, dude, it's in my blood. It's in my blood. But it literally sounds like it's in your guys's, in your family's blood. Oh, for sure. I mean, I just tell them, you know, I got this snapchat group with a bunch of buddies and and uh that's just exactly what they said it's like well i think it's safe to say we know why you're like you why you are like you are like jesus your mom <laughs> dropped that thing and your dad is the way he is and he's like <laughs> they just laugh you know it's just hilarious i was like yeah i guess so man it's just it's just the way it is you know it just comes natural for me for some reason and you know just gonna keep on love. doing it it's too it's much fun good. Yeah, it's all about the you know the love of the love of the animal, the love of the sport, dude. Oh yeah. Well, and then you know tonight, you know I might as well tell you about tonight too. We almost ran late, ran late again tonight, dude. Um, I took the wife out, and 
<laughs> she is a trooper, man. Let me tell you what. Am I one lucky son of a gun? We freaking <laughs> we we get going, right? We get the river has come up like significantly because of <sighs> I think it has to do with it's it kind of iced up and then it's been slushy and 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 then the ice has let go and I think it's been jamming up in spots is what's going yeah. on. Well, the the river level has come up like big time in the last two days. Well, where we had been normally going hunting in some of these areas, they're almost, they're 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 covered in water now. Like just just today, like this area where we were going to go, you could easily walk out there dry ground, all up and all up since you know late August probably, been dry you know since uh, June rays and everything from the river you know receded, and uh, we get go we get we get there and it's like holy cow. Look at all this water. <laughs> Where are we? How are we gonna get out of here? So I was like, all right, no one other way we can get out to this place. And we make this big circle, and we come up, we come up <clears throat> through a different area where I think there's higher ground, and it is higher ground. But we had to walk through thigh high ice water to get out to where we went tonight. And I, I, I left it up to her. I was like, I'm telling you right now, Jen, if if it, if if I had a rifle tag. I would be out on this this big piece of property, this big this big spot out here, because all of this water out here, and I'm pointing all these different places, and I showed her on the map. I was like, this is all this, all this had deer in it. That is underwater, so all these deer got to be somewhere. Right. And so I was like, this could be one of those times where we're gonna shoot just an absolute beast. Yeah. And she's like, and I didn't even have to coax her. Like I didn't. Even have to, yeah. She was just like, oh no no, let's go. I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, let's just go. And I was like, all right, because it was still, it was like 50 degrees today, so it wasn't like we were going to freeze once we got out of the water, you know? Right. So we walked through it, and it was it was pretty sketchy. It was, it was cold, you know? We walked through this water and get up and just get up out of the water, and we walked way the hell out there. It was about a mile and a half walk. Oh, boy. And uh, we get set up. Little buck finally comes through right, right at sundown, first deer we've seen. And I'm sitting there glassing way off in the distance looking for a deer, and I hear buck. And and, I, and it was her saying she's seen this buck. And here he comes right over this little rise, big white rack. And I'm like, holy cow, big deer. You know, the, the frame was, was big frame. Well, she set her sights on a big old mature deer. She said nothing. She's like, I want an old deer. She's like, I don't want to shoot no young deer, just just old ones. You know, this just an old buck. She's like, I don't care what his rack looks like, just as long as he's old. You tell me he's old, he's going to die. I was like, okay. So this deer comes up. She's like, is he old? And I, I zoomed in on the camera, and I'm like, uh, nope. <laughs> She's like, really? I was like, nope, but he's got a great rack, doesn't he? <laughs> She's like, yes. And I was like, well, if you want to shoot him, shoot him. I ain't telling you what to do. I was like, I got him right here on the camera. And she's like, nope. I'm, I told myself I'm shooting an old buck. I'm shooting an old buck. She let that rickin' 135-inch 4x4 walk. I was like, oh, my God. I got, a, I got some freaking crazy lady with me here. <laughs> <laughs> so then we walked all the way back out, walked back through the water, and she was like, that was awesome. She loved it. So I was like, yeah. wow. Got me a keeper. That's right. Especially if uh, you're going to walk through you know basically thigh high water to get to a place and still walk another half a mile to a tree stand location yeah dude i i tell you what one time 
this was years ago. I had a uh, one of the bottom fields flooded, and I had a trail camera over a mineral station in in this river bottom. And I'm like, man, I don't want this trail camera to get ruined. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go get it. And so I I'm I get to the place. Field is completely underwater, and I'm just like, okay, well. I got, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go. Uh, so I'll, you know, cause I, I, I imagine the field is flat and I'm walking through this field up to about just above my knee. And then I hit a ditch Uh-oh. that was in the middle of this field. And I'm wearing like, uh, I had some, like a backpack on and I went straight down head underwater. And I, I got scared as you know, I got scared shitless. Oh yeah, definitely, man. So, well, I tell you what, man, it sounds, it sounds like, uh, you guys are having one hell of a season up there in North Dakota. Uh, and I know your guys' season isn't over yet. You still got some, uh, some hunting to do, not, you know, with the entire family. It sounds like, it sounds like, uh, what your, your wife has a tag and your dad still has a tag. Nope. My, my, my dad tagged out, um, two days. So like the eighth, I think November 8th. He shot gotcha. a big old slob. He rattled that thing in um, 1.2 miles from the closest parking area. He was uh, he was on like the furthest parking area where he started at that morning. That guy is a freaking animal. <clears throat> and he went way back there. And, and he called me from work. And I had to go help him drag the thing out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. He's, he's kind of described where he was at. And I was like, oh, that'll be easy. It's, the ice is frozen out. You know, the water's frozen out there. We'll be able to cut straight across that one parking area, and we'll just drag him right out with the sled, and it'll be no problem. He's like, yeah, yeah, it should be. Well, he's 1.2 miles from the freaking pickup, <laughs> the the close spot. And I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> we just kept on walking when I was following him out to his deer. And, uh, and he, he didn't recover it at the time either, you know, so we were going to actually look for it. Yeah. Well, it only it ran thirty yards behind some brush and tipped over when he shot it, and this big, heavy, probably one hundred and thirty-five inch, probably one hundred and forty inch four by four, big old heavy bruiser, and yeah. uh, we had drug that thing out of there, and so yeah, so we got uh, my wife has the rifle tag, and then my buddy, my good buddy Colin, who films with me all the time, he's got his bow tag, and so I've been running around with him, like uh, when my when when we can't get anybody to watch the kids. I've been going with him, and then uh, then with Jen in the evenings kind of right now, and then in the weekends we'll be able to try the mornings again. The kids, kids won't have school. But, uh, yeah, so oh, I got my cow elk tag for North Dakota. I'm still going to go fill that too. So. Oh, nice. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, still got a few things to do yet. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Thanks for taking time out of your day to come on the, and, uh, come on the podcast and chat with us, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Right on. Thanks, man. Appreciate having me on. Good luck to everybody else out there. Hunt safe. And there you have it. Huge shout out to Lucas. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Huge shout out to each and every one of you for taking time to download and listen. You can find all four podcasts on the Sportsman's Nation podcast network at sportsmensnation.com. That's with an E, sportsmensnation.com. Uh, you can find the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, the Land and Legacy podcast, the DIY Sportsman's podcast, and the Transition Wild podcast. Uh, so be sure to keep an eye out for all those podcasts, man. They are packed full of great information. And you can go to sportsmansnation.com and you can check out over 300 
different podcasts, uh, ranging from just about everything you can think of uh, relating to whitetails, big game, gear reviews, product reviews, uh, product product talk directly from the company, product reviews from uh, the end user, just about everything is there, and uh, habitat improvement, everything. Just dig through all those podcasts and you're going to find something that uh, will show interest to you. Other than that, guys, um, huge shout out to all the partners of the podcast. Ripcord, Deer Lab, Bighorn Outfitters, Exodus Trail Cameras, Ozonics, Lone Wolf, Gearhead, Wasp. Thank you guys for supporting this podcast. Uh, And please go out and support those companies because they support this podcast and me. All right, I think we're running a little long as usual. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Guys, there's plenty of time to go hunt this rut that we all love. Please, 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 please go get it done. Share your story and wear your damn safety harness. Have a good rest of the week.